Sometimes someone cries or slipping through the cracks but these two gumshoes are picking up the slack there's no case too big no case too small if you need help just call a lawyer spoiler alert there's shard in my pants existential crisis because I can't mm. get this bottle open with one hand and I'm because my mic stand is broken I'm holding my microphone with the other hand so I have alcohol uh, in one hand and a microphone in the other hand and frankly I don't know what to do with myself right now is it a twist off or a cork it is a cork which makes it worse so hold on well, you can I can't put it. it between my legs to open it ew no I don't my teeth are already jacked up I'm trying to hold the bottle between my legs and open it with my hand but the problem is I'm wearing very slick pants so it's pulling it right mm-hmm. out from between my legs which feels wrong so hold on I, I could open this with one hand existential crisis over yep I could open this one with one hand if needed All right. great great <coughs> great <laughs> but um heck but oh, heck oh dang it oh, oh darn, darn. Darn, I lost the game. <clears throat> uh, hooray, I'm for the other team. Um, but yeah, uh, don't, what am I talking? Oh, yes, the other question. Good lord, I'm tired. Mm, um, the question is, uh, what are you drinking? After I'm hearing that cork, I'm curious. Yeah, continuing. Mm-hmm. To be boring. So the only thing I have in my house right now mm-hmm. is this Gnawbone small batch I've been sipping on for the past, goodness gracious, month now. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't I don't go through a ton of whiskey, uh, not technically speaking. Um, and the only other thing I have is a bottle of Glenfiddich 12, which I think mm-hmm. is absolute rubbish. I know you're of the exact rubbish. opposite opinion, uh, but I can't mm-hmm. stand it. I have essentially an, a full bottle. So I'm working on ways to make drinks out of it. So I don't waste it. Excuse me, I'm yawning. That's so rude. I apologize. And if I can get it drank up because there's a drink that I like, then eventually I'll drink it. But until that day, I refuse to touch the stuff. Can't stand it. Hmm. Well, I am, uh, I mentioned, I don't know what order anything's coming out in. I think it was the one that we released this week, so the one that we released two days before we're recording this, but who knows <laughs> when that is in relation to when you guys are actually hearing <coughs> this. But <clears throat> it was in the uh, in the extra credits orc video, uh, Evil Races video. In that yes. video, I mentioned that my favorite budget bourbon was Elijah Craig, and I drank all of the all of the whiskey that I had in my house so I had to replenish and wouldn't you know it I got a thing of Elijah Craig 
I wouldn't know it. We're well. We're both becoming old, um, and in our old age, consistency Mm -hmm. tends to be. Well, I had a very particular reason for grabbing (laughs) for for grabbing the the Elijah Craig, and that was I didn't want to spend a lot of money on a whiskey. I did spend quite a bit of yeah. No, continue. I didn't want to interrupt your Uh, thought. I didn't realize you were still talking. I did spend quite a bit of money on this bottle, but it's for a very particular reason. I wanted it to last a while, and I, it was 50 bucks, but it's because it wasn't a 750 mil. It was a uh, 1.75 liter. Oh, my. That I paid 50 bucks for, so. <clears throat> See, I don't, I think I'm turning into a snob, um, mm-hmm. because now I... Whenever I go to get whiskey, I feel like I end up spending at least at least fifty dollars every single time. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I I don't even think about where's my, oh my goodness we are both dying this morning my my trail of thought is trailing off. The short version of the story is um I am a snob and I hate it. Mm. Hey, tell me if you can hear this. I can and I did, and I wasn't expecting it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, why are farts funny? I don't know, but they are. Absolutely they are. I'm glad that happened. (laughs) Well, before, we're going to be um, really struggling today. We apologize in advance. Sean's getting a notification on his phone. That's the most exciting thing that's happened in this whole conversation. Did you get it? Yeah, oh, so we far. both got the same alert on our phone. Sorry. This is mm-hmm. all stupid. Um, we apologize for the stupidity. Um, I got an we alert have, telling we you actually that we're have a topic. Remnant next week, and we're not doing that. <laughs> oh, I got an alert saying that we have National Service Weather Advisory has issued a dense fog advisory for Richmond, and it'll be in effect until December 4th, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, but, you know, I thought it might be the same as yours, even though you're not in Richmond anyways. Yes. We're going to talk about a story. <laughs> <clears throat> we are. We're going to talk about a good story. Um, it is rather good. By, and if you couldn't tell by the title of the this episode, uh, the story is H.P. Lovecraft's the Whisperer in Darkness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, fun fact about this story. Uh, I I did not like it the first time that I heard it, but in my defense, it's because... Excuse me. In my defense, it's because it was so such a slow start. Um, and this is when I was very, very first getting to Lovecraft, like the very beginning of listening to it. Um, I kind of just put it off to the side. Um, and, and went to listen to something else, and I came back to it later and listened to it from the beginning and realized this is um, this is actually one of his best. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very good. It, it, it's it's more about uh, <coughs> a lot of Lovecraft's a lot of Lovecraft no, stories are more about the implication of mm-hmm. an entity, um, mm-hmm. and, and much less about look at this, holy cow! And so obviously this is along those same lines, but this is one of the rarer cases where we actually get to be in the presence of one and we don't realize it till later. <coughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, so it's actually one of the very, very yeah. creepy stories because we get to spend some time with something terrible and we didn't realize it at the time. And it, it makes it spookier for me and it has a lot more gravity to me because of that. So this is, uh, this is in my top five for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and they, um, uh, uh, you said you don't, you didn't like it at first because it starts off slow. Um, uh, you're not a big, uh, Frank Peretti fan, are you? <laughs> not for many years, but yes. Uh, <clears throat> well, it's not for many years because that many years is how long it takes for each of his books to get started. This is accurate. But anyways, okay. And slow. <clears throat> so my, um, uh, my, uh, inappropriately short, uh, and stupid synopsis of the book is as follows and I shall give it and then we shall uh, we shall speak um mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> so this is my this is my inappropriately short synopsis it goes like this <clears throat> Will Marth is the main character or one of the two main characters <clears throat> and he um uh, knows stories and everything he's a folklorist and then a bunch of rain happened and some bodies washed up in the rain and uh they said, hey, look, it's the Migo. And he said, it is not. And then um, uh, they said, <clears throat> uh, well, let me talk to you about how the Migo are real. And they said, the Migo are not real. You're stupid. And you're stupid for trying to convince me that they're real, you idiots. And then someone sent him a letter and said, hey, I believe in the Migo, and I'm not stupid. And he, uh, Wilmar says, hmm, well, then in that case, if you really are stupid, then you must be cool. And then he sends him some letters back and forth and says, look, I have photographs, but there's nothing on them. And look, I have a phonograph, and there is something on it. And he says, oh, well, yeah, that's true. There's something on there. And then he said, um, uh, let me keep talking about it. Hey, look, I have dogs, and the dogs bark at things, and so the Migo must be real. And Wilmarth said, well, I'm convinced. And um, uh, <clears throat> so he shot some, some people, and he shot some... Uh, Migo, and he shot one of his dogs, and then um, some humans who aren't the Migo keep trying to uh, keep trying to intercept everything that he's sending to Wilmarth, and so he goes into other towns and does it, and then the the Migo learn how to fly in on Earth, and uh, that proves to be fatal, um, and so they fly on Earth, they land on the roof, they um. Uh, uh, and I believe he said a dog attacked one on the roof. I don't know why the dog was on the roof, but that's that's neither here nor there. I don't know. Um, uh, and then uh, uh, and then he said, "Hey, I've succeeded. I've won. I'm now friends with the Migo, and they're good guys. Come see." And Wilmar said, hmm, "Okay." And so he came to and see. And just ignore the fact that this letter is different than all the others. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um. Uh, and then. Uh, he came in, and he, the, the, uh, uh, Akeley is a farmer, and he came in, and he said, hmm, there are no animals on this farm, I wonder why. And uh, the guy who drove him said, ah, good question. And they, um, uh, <coughs> they kept going. <laughs> they ignored it. And then they, <clears throat> and they, they made it into the house, and uh, Akeley's sitting there uh, on a chair, and everything is covered up but his face and his hands because he has to be covered up. And he's speaking, and he's speaking quietly because he has asthma, apparently. Um, uh, and he has the kind of asthma, uh, you know, everyone who, all asthmatics know about this kind of asthma. He has the kind of asthma that 
causes you to have to sit down for two days at a time. Yes. Um, uh, it's the worst kind. And I, yeah, ooh, oh, it's rough. And um, uh, then I said, oh, by the, I'm going to stop my uh, stupid synopsis just so I can say this because you'd think this was part of my stupid synopsis. It's not. This is actually how it happens. He says, there's some brains in, in jars over there, and um, uh, just ignore the one that has my name on it. Don't worry about that one. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Wilmar says, okay, then I'll ignore it then, if you want me to. Like, in that case, <laughs> it's ignored. And so he talks to a different brain in the jar and says, which says, yes, the Amigo are good, and they are good people, and I'm going to be with them, and Akeley is going to be with them. And Walmart says, well, if I if I couldn't trust my dear friend Akeley, surely I can trust a brain in a jar. And um, How uh, long have you been with our evil organization? Who? Let's see. Uh, in total? Or just since I've been a brain in a jar? Brain in a jar. Four years next week. <laughs> and he says, um, uh, well, just go on to bed and drink this nasty coffee and uh, uh, sleep. And so I, so Wilmarth goes upstairs, and he says, hmm, well, now that I'm here, I'm no longer trusting of Akeley, so I'm going to keep my pocket flashlight and my pistol ready to go. And so he was laying there with a pocket flashlight and a pistol, then he heard whispering ready downstairs, and he went, and yeah, and he laid down, listening to it, to the whispering, and he said, hmm... And he heard part of it, and um, uh, not enough to really, really make anything out, but it was part of it. And then he went, uh, then after everyone was done talking and he figured everyone was gone, he went downstairs, and he saw, the only part of Akeley that he had seen previously was his hands and his face, and he saw the hands and the face there poised about the chair, uh, except Akeley was gone, and that caused him to become affrighted, and he stole Akeley's truck and left. And here we are. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a really short episode. <clears throat> Talk to you guys next week. We'll be talking about a different book. Mm-hmm. Uh, <coughs> no, next week, uh, well, I don't know if it's going to be next week or not. The next episode we record is going to be um, uh, uh, the Insmith Chronicles video game series. Point and click <clears throat> adventures. Mm. Fantastically fun. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no. <clears throat> so, uh... Mm. Mm, the part about the story that I found slow in the beginning um, mm-hmm. was the section you so graciously glossed over. Um, mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a, a lengthy section at the beginning of this book that is just describing... It, it's the setup to the eldritch horrors that we... Um, um, are, are, are dealing with in this particular story. It's just the guys like trying to disprove all these locals from saying that these these creatures are real because obviously they can't be, right? So it's a bunch of uh, letters going back and forth between him and other people, which you don't read them. You just you're re- you're glossing over the concepts, and then he gets in touch with Akeley, who first starts kind of going against him in uh, in the uh, in the paper in which all their letters are being published, and then Akeley starts sending him letters, and he's sending Akeley letters. And um, it's informative, and after you've read the story once, the, the, the letters become very eerie. Um, but it's a slow start, and mm. 
it, but once you know what's happening in the story, it's a very, very tense buildup. It, it doesn't feel slow anymore. Um, this was mm-hmm. during my introduction to Lovecraft, so I hadn't, um, I hadn't come to recognize the aggressive foreshadowing that he puts into all of his stories. So instead of seeing the, this aggressive foreshadowing, I saw this really slow start to a story. Like, this story is only this many pages long. How can we have this many pages of nonsense? Yeah, let's see. Uh, it really starts off being, like, crazy and interesting. Around the time of the reception of the phonograph recording. Mm-hmm. And in my book, obviously all the books are going to be different sizes. In my book, the books the 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 story starts on page seven eighteen, and the phonograph recording where the story really starts off at is on page seven thirty four. Yeah, and it's not a very long story. Mm-hmm. It probably only goes on for about that much distance again. Oh, maybe a yeah, little the, more. The last page of the story is a lot longer than that. Seven seventy five. No, that is longer. I always listened. I've only ever fun fact. A whisper in darkness. I've only ever um, um, listened to on audiobook. Mm-hmm. That's one of the ones that is at the because of alphabetical order. It's at the very very end of my uh, Lovecraftian complete mythos, um, and mm-hmm. I read a little bit of it at a time sometimes to refresh myself. And that's at the end of it. So yeah. I've listened to the story th- many times. Never read it down on paper, as it were. Yeah, I think my book uh sorts them in by in the order in which they were written um uh and this was written uh from february to september of 1930 published in august 1931 stupendous Mm -hmm. anyways there's um once you get all the stuff that's some some proofs uh, we find out that akeley is actually actually of course believes in uh these creatures uh the Migo, the Migo, the whatever oh. Um and um he believes that they're real because they're outside of his crib all the time. So it's not like he's like, I think they might be real. He's like, they won't leave me alone. Um, but he's refusing to go public with this information, which there's so many of these people in Lovecraft stories that refuse to go public with any of their the nonsense and it's just like, mm, well, you're gonna die because of that, but whatever makes you happy. And so he's corresponding privately with our, we'll call him the protagonist, who really knows what the protagonist in any of Lovecraft's stories really are, depends on your point of view. Um, he starts to mail him um, privately as opposed to sending his letters into like a, the newspaper they've been arguing on. <coughs> and they start this trying to figure stuff out. When... The messages start getting intercepted is when it starts getting strange. Um, It's it's less of an aggressive, um, otherworldly foreshadowing than we normally see in Lovecraft's books because it's heavily insinuated that it's just some dude doing all this. Like, it's just a guy. He's like, oh, I think they're in league with Amigo. Like, yeah, you just sound crazy because it's just some dude intercepting letters or whatever. So, like, from the point of view of our main guy... He's very confused and concerned as to why it's happening, but he's not like, oh my goodness, aliens are taking my friend's letters. <coughs> mm-hmm. But uh, the, um, the, it gets more and more intense, like the, the nightly meetings or nightly um, attacks, I guess I should be saying, 
<coughs> excuse me, start getting more and more tense between the humans slash the <coughs> amigo and um, why I almost said um, Waitley. Um, I'm combining two mm-hmm. different Lovecraftian yeah, names there. Different one there. Different thing. Um, he starts sending out letters that are more and more intense, and he's sending out more of these letters back and forth. And once things have, have gotten like as bad as they could possibly be, like really, really rough, like, oh, they're out there talking to me. We're shooting at each other. My dogs are dying every night. They're cutting my telephone lines. And then all of a sudden, uh, I am now typing all my letters. I can't write them anymore. They just ignore that. I'm also talking differently. That's cool, too. Don't worry about that. Come see me. Mm-hmm. And there's that moment in the book where that's where the foreshadowing really, really hits home for any of No matter how dense of a reader you are, namely me. Um, at that point, you're like, this is probably not him. Mm-hmm. Or, see, I I didn't know my first reading if I thought that it was not him, or if like I don't know, like, like I, I I I I was really uncertain, um, uh, if it wasn't him or if there was something else going on, just because I am certain that the brain in the jar with Akeley's name on it was in fact Akeley's brain. Absolutely, and. Like, they, they didn't really have any reason for taking him to Yugath other than, like, you know, they really do like to take scholars and knowledgeable people with them. <clears throat> and so, like, it's, and, and, and so you, you could almost imagine that, like, they had a, a human approach during the day. And said, you know, and, and talked to him and said, hey, you know, we'd like you to do this and like somehow eventually convince him because, you know, you that that could be a could have been. An, and of course, obviously, he wasn't on the road because he typed it, but that really genuinely could have been an exciting prospect for him as much as he you know enjoyed getting the knowledge and and, and doing all that and the extra knowledge he could have got at Yugath. Um, uh, one could reasonably believe that he could have been convinced to make a trip to Yugath. Potentially, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is this is potentially. There's two interesting things. Uh, if you're going to go like dive into the deep depths of of what could have happened, mm-hmm. it could have been that they did talk him into it. It's possible. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem likely because, given his attitude to having already been prospected already. Mm-hmm. Um, and receiving, he did receive, um, I think he, it was a letter or, or a note. It might've been something they said to him, um, in one of the attacks. I can't remember now. Actually, you know, I, I take it back. I do remember it was during one of the attacks. They told him all the things that they would like to do. And he was talking about how it made his skin crawl. Uh, and it could have been that he mulled over it and thought over it and decided, I would like to have all this forbidden knowledge. I study this stuff. It'd be fantastic. Cause that is the, the draw of some stories like, um, um, like the witch house, stuff like that. Um, so that's real. So that could be the case, but it could also be the case that the reason that he didn't want him to bother with his brain in the jar, because I thought about this the other day, mm-hmm. is because technically speaking, if they're time travelers, they could have mm-hmm. put him in a jar. Uh, uh, the the the, the Migo aren't the time travelers. You're thinking of the Great Race. No, 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 no. I am thinking of the Great Race as well, but also they uh, this this is in um um. Darn it, darn it, darn it. Um, what's his name? Um, Joshi. 
um, mm-hmm. was making the reference that they have the ability to take them to different eras as well, which means he could have not only just went to Yuggoth, he could have also, he could have, after being in the jar, we could actually be seeing, um, um, uh, uh, he could have been sitting there with thousands of years worth of forbidden knowledge and thousands of trips, and he could have been insane, or he could have been what the other, he could have been like saying, if they would have turned him on, he'd be like, ah, crap, ah, blah, don't, ah. So that was another thing, too. It couldn't, it couldn't, it could have been that they kidnapped him and harvested his brain. And if he would have talked, he would have been like, hey, they harvested my brain. It kind of sucks. And it could have also been like, hey, I told him I wanted to go, and now I really regret it because I've seen some stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Either one of those things could have been the case, but of course, we're both speculating. Yes. I am the speculation master. So the the part of the story uh, that interests me the most is this is more mm, this is implied a little less aggressively in the story. I think I don't think it's just written out plainly in front of you, but I think mm-hmm. I I thought this right away and I found out that um, this is a relatively common belief. The mm-hmm. fake man who is clearly not our protagonist's friend who is not one of the Migo. Is not is one my of the Migo. Yeah, so mm. not only is it not one of the Migo, my opinion is that that is actually physically Nyarlathotep. Mm-hmm. To Nyarlathotep, mighty messenger, must all things be told. And he shall put on the semblance of men, the waxen mask and the robe that hides, and come down from the world of seven sons to mock. It is in that story, and it's the impl- mm. that's where the implication is heavily left. It's not spelled <clears throat> out that that is who that is. But it's pretty heavily implied, and it's pretty widely believed by people who talk about <coughs> this story that that is, in fact, Nyarlathotep, which is, if that's the case, the reason why this story has so much gravity is because we actually get to sit in the room um, with one of the Elder Tours, finally. Um, this is the mm-hmm. equivalent of the the sailors accidentally discovering Cthulhu and Relay. Uh, it's the it's the equivalent of that, just on a different scale, obviously. So this is a very rare moment in a Lovecraftian story. This does not happen often. We have Nyarlathotep, Cthulhu, and Dagon are really our only... Holy crap, check it out. Here's one of them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, we see things, but we don't always get to see, like... The actual Elder Tours. Sean's thinking about something. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to, to see this. Um, uh, so this is from... Okay. <clears throat> so... Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so I, I, I was I was I was checking this here. Um, uh... Uh, I the, there's a thing that I saw said that um uh, it's suggested um uh, that uh, in in a different story that um uh, that uh, uh, Henry Akeley is the um uh, is the illegitimate son of Abednego Akeley, and I heard. The name Abednego mentioned in a uh, other than in the Bible, um, uh, 
uh, mentioned in another Lovecraft book. And so I checked. That's why I looked this up to see what it is. And apparently it's from the... uh, The the name is mentioned... Abednego Akeley is mentioned in the Hoster cycle, which is not something that I've read. So it must not... It said it's partially by Lovecraft and partially by Ramsey Campbell. And this must be the part written by Ramsey Campbell. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that either. Mm. <clears throat> but it was, and that's what I was. Gonna, oh no! It okay. Never mind. It wasn't a bed to go that I was thinking of. I was thinking of Obed. That's who I was thinking of. Thinking of oh what Obed Marsh? Yeah, Obed. When I was thinking of the word a bed to go. I thought I'd heard that in a Lovecraft story before, but all I heard was Obed. Yeah, so yeah. you're you're <clears throat> thinking of Obed Marsh then. Yep, which is from absolutely. another really great story. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, the I, I think I've always been the most intrigued by Nyarlathotep of all of the Lovecraftian creatures. Um, mm-hmm. Just because th- there's something much <coughs> creepier to me about one of these these monsters, these eldritch horrors that actually has a sole purpose of coming down and trying to screw with men, uh, trying to, trying to actually not necessarily kill them. Um, try to give them knowledge, try to, um, just, just in general be a menace, but in a very strange way. Um, we do mm-hmm. get up close and personal with Nyarlathotep one other time in the story. Holy cow, I can't believe... I just had this thought, so I, I'm, I'm struggling to remember the name of the story. The really long, the, drawn-out story. Yeah, yeah. The, the the one where you're really close to him and physically see him. He identifies himself as Nyarlathotep, and you yeah, speak with him. To and, that is the, and that is the Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath. Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath, yeah. Which, by the mm-hmm. way, is the most bizarre of all the stories. Holy cow. Fantastic, but so mm-hmm. bizarre. Yeah, and so all, he's the only one that we actually get up close and personal with. Yeah, and um, uh, in this case, um, uh, given how like he says, "Hey, um, uh, you should do this thing," to to the to the man, um, uh, and then the man does the thing, and then given the consequences of those actions, I think it's uh, I, I I think it's time that I remi- re- re- this time that I remind you, um, uh, the the listener to our podcast is advised to remember Nyarlathotep is a liar. <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the entire... I don't know if we really know what the real point of them taking these men as brains in a jar to other places really is. I don't know if we actually know the point of that. Because they're really care to give people you know rides and be like check out our cool stuff you want to come see my house i've got toys like it's not what they're doing clearly so is it just to torment people is it just to give them the forbidden knowledge to drive them insane i mean clearly they're working very closely with nyarlathotep because he's right there so is that mm-hmm. is that it that's the the kooky thing um but yeah, that's definitely near off the top in the room, in my opinion. That's what I think is mm-hmm. going on. That's who I think is there. It makes the most sense that that's the case. 
And yeah, this one has more gravity because of that exact thing. Yeah. I am Which trying makes it very strange to, find... to me. While you're trying to find, I have to say this quick thing. It makes it very strange to me. Um, because if that's the case, then we have a normal guy, namely, um, <laughs> the guy who picks him up from the train station uh, when he arrives. Noise. Gosh, noise, noise, noise. So we essentially have <coughs> a human being who is just absolutely chilling with one of the greatest um, elder tours. Pause one second. sick child it sounds that way <coughs> so um uh there's a is a, i'll tell you i'll tell you the, the thing that i looked up and I, I found it there's a book series called um uh uh merkaba writer is the book series um, uh, the first, yeah, the, 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 the first book in it is Tales of a High Plains Drifter. Uh, it's by Edward M. Erdelak. And every, every time someone talks about Nyarl Toto, it makes me think of this. Um, uh, and I, I found this right here. Um, I'll read it off to them. In Edward M. Erdelak's Merkaba Rider book series, Nyarl and Sauron from Tolkien's Middle-Earth Legendarium are implied to be the same entity. Hmm. Okay. And this is okay. a very interesting line of thought. Yeah. Huh. Well, well, not to mention too. Um. Mm -hmm. It's also. Um. <coughs> so obviously, people just kind of take this concept and run with it. Um. But it's also implied that there are um, that there are many figures throughout history that have been Yarlathotep. Um. Mm -hmm. I think the list that people had given was Hitler, uh, mm -hmm. Tesla, believe it or not. Well, Nero thought it was um, based on Tesla. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, specifically, people say, like, that's like mm -hmm. the concept of saying <laughs> even someone who's not evil, right? I mean, obviously, Tesla wasn't an yeah. evil person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hashtag should have been Tesla. Um, mm hmm. Who else was there? The, the great pharaohs, uh, one of the great pharaohs that helped build the, that was supposedly the one that started the building of the pyramids. Mm -hmm. uh, just random individuals like that that have that have done something massive to the detriment of technically to the detriment of mankind or to the vast jump in technology of mankind that could potentially bring them closer to the knowledge of the old ones that eventually go crazy. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Um... <clears throat> There's another thing I'm looking up. It said, um, uh, uh, and this is a very interesting thought. Uh, it said, um, uh, uh, in Game of Thrones, there are likely two individuals or entities that are, uh, um, uh, 
that are avatars of Nyarlathotep. And I haven't watched enough Game of Thrones to say this myself, but you, and I've definitely not read any of it. But um, uh, I want to know your opinion of this. The first one is this. Um, uh, uh, I said, in the universe of Game of Thrones, the many-faced god of the faceless men uh, appears to be an avatar of Nyarlathotep. Then it said, villains who serve as agents of chaos, like Peter Baelish, uh, and that's I guess that's also from Game of Thrones, um, mm, uh, yeah. and the Joker are also likely avatars of Nyarlathotep. Um, uh, in the same vein as mythological creatures like Loki and Chernobyl. Which I can understand why I can understand why Chernobyl could be an avatar of Nyarlathotep. Chernobyl literally means the black god. So uh-huh. I don't really think Peter Baelish, um, that's kind of lame. Um, the mm. mini-faced god and then the guys who serve him that can change their faces and stuff, I would definitely agree with that. It's actually, I, I find that to be, I, I, well, I've, I've always kind of found that to be a very Lovecraftian element inside of Game of Thrones uh, because it's different than, excuse me, um, the way the rest of the, the gods in Game of Thrones work. It, they, The people operate with a very weird, different kind of deceitful magic, which is very, very much like Nyarlathotep. <clears throat> and very much like a Lovecraftian horrific element, because what they do feels mm. very horrific, even though it's not technically that bad. Mm. Oh, d- did I tell you, um, uh, uh, my favorite, uh, uh, my my favorite, uh, or one of my favorite, um, uh, Lovecraft bands? No, you haven't. It's the darkest of the hillside thickets. <clears throat> um. Uh, Interesting name. Yeah, like uh, one of their albums is the Dukes of Al Hazred. <laughs> um, uh, uh, and then another one of their albums of the is, yeah. Uh huh. Oh, well, you're gonna love this one. Um, uh, uh, one of the albums is called Shadow Out of Tim. <laughs> I do love these. Mm-hmm. Um, well, just because you've said it and I have to say it out loud, there's um, mm-hmm. um. Um, um, oh dang it. I forgot the name of the band I'm thinking of. It's not worth thinking about. It'd be a hard left. Uh, but yeah, the, I, there's, um, I feel like it's kind of vague to say, or kind of stupid. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm very tired. I'm trying to catch my third train of thought again. I was going to go back to something I just said. Ah, I found it. Um, mm-hmm. so Peter Baelish from Game of Thrones, I don't see that at all. I'm talking about him being an agent mm-hmm. of chaos. Well, that's just because he's, he, it's very, but it's a very, it's just a bunch of political moves and a few dead people. And he ends up, spoiler alert, he ends up just getting stabbed. So be kind of lame for that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So whatever. He's just a dude. That's kind of lame. Mini face God. Absolutely. So his name is Peter. Peter Baelish. Okay, because seeing how it was spelled, I would have said either Pater or Patir. Yeah, the Y throws you off. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, Patir like, makes the most sense, but I said Pater because I wouldn't think of uh, Garten, Rarten, Rarten, Martin would name somebody Patir. So, I said Pater. <laughs> well, George Ronald Raul. <laughs> 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 um. 
he did he did confirm for um the filming of the show that it's peter i'm like wow you're lame dude mm-hmm. yeah but did he confirm it because it was right or just because he didn't care hey, is his name peter sure yeah it's peter yeah, yeah peter whatever yeah. <laughs> what's this one i don't even remember anymore dude i'm trying to write this fifth book i'm gonna die soon <laughs> <laughs> the actual uh-huh. transcript of their conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad he finished Elden Ring before he finished. Uh, oh yeah, I couldn't series. care less if he finishes Game of Thrones. Just finished. I'm glad you finished Elden Ring. Thank you. Appreciate your contribution mm-hmm. to society that I gave a crap about. Oh, oh. Um. Uh, after the after the the last series of that show came out, um, uh, uh, Demolition Ranch came out with a. Uh, came out with a new t-shirt that you would have liked um uh it was it had a gun on it because all demolition ranch shirts have guns on them but uh, underneath it said the night is dark and full of terrors but they had crossed out terrors and wrote terrible endings (laughs) this is accurate that did have a terrible ending i i we're really hard lefting now. Man, I knew we would do this. Yeah. Mm. Is that it why you weren't really worried bad. about grabbing another story? This is why. This is exactly why. Did you actually mm. watch all of Game of Thrones? No, I never finished season two. Oh. It's worth watching. Uh, my wife and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're big fans. We've watched the entire series together three times now. We do really mm-hmm. like it. And we do suffer through the last season to say that we did. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. For me... I love endings um, that leave some questions. Um, I don't mm-hmm. like all my loose ends tied up. It's fine if you do, but I like to speculate. I like to have fan theories. I like to sit and talk about it. I think that's cool. For me, a wonderful ending. You're not going to care if I spoil this, are you? <clears throat> no. Okay, so everyone everywhere, uh, go watch it really quickly, then come back. It only takes about 50 or 60 hours. <laughs> um <laughs> So at the end of it, um, Daenerys Targaryen eventually turns into the female version of the Mad King and goes a little insane and burns down all of King's Landing and kills tons of people. And Jon Snow says, oh, well, we can't have that. So he stabs her. And then after he stabs her, we start rushing back and forth to tie up all the loose ends. We pick a new king, which is a stupid one. We don't solve a lot of the really important things that I cared about, like why all the blue-eyed people are making swastikas out of dead people's arms. I really would have liked to have known that, to be honest. We don't mm-hmm. type any of those loose ends, but we type, like, okay, John, he's actually a bad guy now, and he can't do anything. Uh, we're going to send him off to the Night's Watch. We're like, yeah, we could have figured that. That's a happy ending. Stupid. And they go on, and they go on, and they go on. I was like, oh, that's fine. That's dandy. But what I would have really loved is mm-hmm. if she would have gone mad, but like actually taken over and spent some time being the queen and then starts to try to set people afire like the other one. And then she was like in the throne room shouting and ranting and raving like the, like the mad king did. And then anyone, it would have been fine with anyone, but I think it would have been really poetic if it would have been Jamie again, you just see him like as she's yelling and screaming and burning people alive. You just see him pull out a sword and start walking up to her while her back's turned. And then the screen just goes black and that's the end of game of Thrones. Mm hmm. That would have been phenomenal as far as I'm concerned. I would have loved that. Like, what's going to yeah. happen? Is it going to happen again? Are we starting the cycle all over again? Was this a perfect circle? That would have been amazing. Well, I, no. I was going to say, if if they ha- you had a Mad King and someone killed the Mad King, um, uh, I, and, like, and actually it, it would have been 
better if it wouldn't have been Jamie, I think, because how can you have, because there should be a cycle, that'd be really cool, but how can you have the same person keep the same role in two cycles? That's true, and that's the reason why I think it's still, I think if we would have done it and we made it believably, I think it would have still been Jon Snow killing her, and that's great, and Mm -hmm. that's fine. I was just saying I would have been fine if it would have been Jamie once again stabbing a Mad King in the back. Um, That would have been Mm -hmm. fine with me. But I feel like Jon Snow mm-hmm. would have had to have been the character. That being said, there's something about that that just leaves this big gaping hole of, you know, now it's like everything's tied up. We have a new king. He's going to fix stuff. Everything's exciting. Let's go back to normal. Instead of that, if you would have had this huge chaotic ending mm-hmm. that just symbolizes everything has come back to the beginning again. Because this, this show is really very about the politics of our universe that we're in and how it's all just a cycle mm-hmm. of greedy terrible people doing greedy terrible things and if we have that and that's a staple of the show why can't we have that kind of ending and why can't we have um the exact same thing happen all over again it just kind of symbolizes this is going to keep going it's going to keep going and going and going just like it is i love that it's bleak it's abysmal it's lovecraftian i brought it back you're welcome and it just be, it'd be fantastic <laughs> mm-hmm Yes. But yeah. And that's why Game of Thrones has had a bad ending. That's what we were here to talk about, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. See, hey, who was the first artist to give Narlith Hotep three arms? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because it looks really weird. It's really weird looking to have him have three arms. Three arms and three legs. There's a bunch of... Uh, uh, there's one particular bestiary that someone wrote in a very wrote oh my goodness that they illustrated in a very very modern sort of hr is it hr geiger or is it just hr geiger hr geiger Geiger. uh i'm too tired to think but in a very geiger style in that nyarlathotep essentially looks like alien um Mm -hmm. which i think is kind of lame but um every other beastie from it looks fantastic even that one only has two arms. I think the three arms is kind of weird. Because mm-hmm. he's humanoid. Okay, so you know that... And I don't think this is this is intentional. I think it's just crouching. Um, uh, but you know the classic... Um, uh, uh, the classic, like, anime girl, uh, butt in the air, elbows on the floor kind of thing? Oh, yeah. The I'm interested, but we can't talk about it. Anime girl pose. Um, uh, well, no, the, 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 the presenting one. Like, hey, look, here is this. Come on. That that pose. Literally, yes. I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you now. Mm-hmm. Well, th- this this picture of Alien. I was looking up some H.R. Geiger stuff. Um, uh, this picture, there's a picture of, and I don't think it's intentional because of the way the pose is, but it sure looks like Alien is doing that thing. I was going to say, I think you just, just rule 34 at Alien. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to send this to way, you. Don't like, open up that. your, open up your Discord. Open up your Discord, because I don't think it's intentional, but it's definitely what's going on. <laughs> oh, we're going to put that on the Discord. Yeah, I'm going to put uh, that on the Discord right without now. Any without any context. context. With, without yeah. context, with no one knowing what we're talking about. Is this from an H.R. Yeah. Geiger exhibit? 
I believe so. I, I sure would like that. There we go. Now it's on the Discord, sure and you guys have like no idea. It. You guys have no idea what 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 the the point of this <laughs> is until right until general. this episode comes out. <laughs> okay, but then you get here, you get here, you hear it, you go. Oh, that's what that's supposed to be. Well, anyways, <laughs> um, I went ahead and ubooed it. Continue. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm. Well, we really struggled with um, uh, this one. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think it's only fitting that I said next to nothing because usually it's the other way around. I'm usually the one that's that's flabbing, um, uh, flapping, jaw flapping, <laughs> um, uh, but um, uh, I tend to wax more autistic about Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Here's the same H.R. Geiger exhibit, but with a, a female version of Alien, with like, like looking like a human with human boobs, with a long penis coming out of one of her boobs, and she's blowing it. I am frightened. Like you thought I was joking. You thought Oh my goodness. HR guy is a weird dude. Why are all of we can see the ribs through the mm-hmm. chest too? That's strange. Yeah. I think we are cool looking here. We, I think we've gone on more than long enough. We've gotta stop. <laughs> yeah. We absolutely must right. stop. Yeah, this is the end. Uh, this is definitely the most boring episode we've ever recorded, and that's the way we like it. We do love that. We, we've said that before because we meant it before, and now we mean it again. Mm-hmm. So join us next time. Will Tyler get breakfast? Will he finally be able to take a poop because he's out of fiber? We'll find out next time. Ooh, breakfast. I think I might go to Chick-fil-A. Oh, I don't have a Chick-fil-A. I have a, you have one in Muncie. You could go there. I'm not driving to Muncie for Chick-fil-A. If I drive to Muncie, I'm getting panda. We need to stop this recording. Bye!